Hello, my friends. You are listening to the Shine at Work podcast, formerly known as Getting Off the Hamster Wheel. I'm your host, Karen Weeks. I'm a transformational career coach who helps career-oriented humans get unstuck and find and be successful in careers that bring them joy, fulfillment, and success. I believe you should actually love what you do, even on the bad days, that you can find a career that lights you up because, spoiler alert, it impacts how bright you shine in your whole life. Every week, I talk to someone who felt stuck in their job and found a way to build a career that was right for them, because I know how that feels when your light is dim. I made a career change from theater to HR and now coaching, and at times in my life, I've had to look inside to see what was important, what made me shine bright, and make adjustments along the way. It's possible. I did it, my guests did it, and I help others do it. I hope you walk away from each episode, not just inspired, but with some actionable advice. And I hope you find it so valuable that you subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and tell your friends, because we all deserve to shine bright in our lives, specifically at work. Okay, let's jump into this week's episode. Hi, everyone. Before we jump into today's episode, I actually wanted to share a special offer for all my podcast listeners. I have just a couple of one-on-one spots available, both for the rest of this year, 2021, but I'm also starting to open up spots for January of 2022 for one-on-one coaching to help you get unstuck, figure out what you want to change in your life and your career, and get you on a trajectory that's going to be amazing for the new year. Whether this is your broader life or specifically your career, I can help you. We will spend time unearthing why you're feeling stuck today, things that you enjoy, things that you don't enjoy, and what that all means for the future, both what kind of roles you could consider, what kind of companies, what kind of industries, is it a complete 180, is it a bridge role to get you to a new 180 career, or is it just taking a step forward and just trying to figure out what would make you happier in your life? that is tied directly to your career. So with all that, like I said, I've got a couple of spots left for 2021, um, but I'm also starting to book for 2022. So if you commit now, when you reach out to me, reference this podcast and I will give you a discount on my rates. I would love to work with you to help you figure out the best way to transform your life and shine your brightest in the new year. So let's connect. You can either email me at karen at karendweeks.com connect with me through these platforms or even on my website. And if you reference this podcast, I'll make sure you get the deal. All right, now on to today's episode. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to have Jessica here with me today. Jessica and I are part of sort of the same squad of amazing people that are trying to figure out uh, how to start our own businesses. And so Jessica's had a really interesting career leading up to this. And so I wanted to give her a chance to share her story. So Jessica, welcome. It would be great if you could give a little headline about who you are, and then we'll dive in deeper. Thanks, Karen. It's so nice to be here with you. Um, My headline as of late is I am a fractional chief of staff and chief strategist for small businesses looking to grow. And that is a new title for me as of a quarter ago. I love it. It is amazing once you, and we'll talk about this when we get to this moment in your life, but when you actually start to put an idea together and the universe starts to put it out there and now you're like, oh, and now I'm actually doing this thing that I was just an idea, you know, a few months ago. Yeah. Um, So reversing time a little bit, going back in time when you first were in school or where you were sort of starting your adult life, what did you think you wanted to do for a career? 
So I've been pretty consistent uh, my whole career. Um, I went to school for industrial engineering because I mm-hmm. thought I wanted to be in engineering. Not exactly in that today, but I wanted to do, I thought problem solving was interesting. And so I became mm-hmm. an industrial engineer and a graduate degree in industrial engineering. Wow. Yeah. And then um, my first job out of school was consulting at a big three consulting firm, McKinsey and Company in mm-hmm. their operations practice. Uh, spoiler alert, I was trying to follow a boy to Boston and ended up getting a job in Chicago. So, you know, the universe works in weird ways. And how, so were you consulting companies that were in industrial engineering space? I got to admit, I don't know exactly how that would work. So I worked with a variety of companies in different industries, Mm -hmm. retail, um, a toy store, a grocery store, Hmm. improving their operations, efficiency, and performance. Okay. So um, when you go to a grocery store and all the shelves are stocked, how do companies do that with um, less stockouts, more um, more efficiency, less cost? Oh, interesting. Okay. Very cool. So did you enjoy, I mean, McKinsey's a very prestigious, but huge and very um, uh, stressful, but because there's so much pressure on you, did you like thrive off of that? I thrived off of the learning and the hoovering of knowledge I got to do. Um, I did not thrive in the travel. So Mm. uh, I was on the road 45 weeks a year, getting on a plane, either Sunday night or Monday morning and getting home Thursday night. And that was hard on my body. And I didn't have any friends and except for my consulting buddies. So um, I did that for three years before my body said, it's time to do something different. Yeah. It's interesting. I worked for a consulting firm that actually ended up getting bought out by Deloitte and we had nap rooms and shower rooms in our main office for the consultants who came in on like a late night flight and had to meet with their team in the office the next day. So they just slept and showered at the office. It's like that. I mean, yay. Thank you for supporting them that way, but B, no, what a horrible life. Why are we even asking them to be in that situation? Exactly. Yeah. I couldn't, my body couldn't handle it. So, um, At that point, I did what every traditional consultant does, and I went to business school. (laughs) There are so many people on this podcast who say, and so, of course, the next step was to go to business school because that's just what you do. That is on the, on the, uh, once you got on the train or the, yeah, once you got on that track that was on the Mm -hmm. roller coaster, you did, you know, two years as a analyst, maybe a year as an associate, and then you went to business school. That was Mm -hmm. what you did. And so was there a particular focus in what you studied at business school? Um, No focus. I went to Harvard business school um, because again, why not? Um, And um, learned probably less than I should have. I learned a lot about uh, the type of environments that weren't good for me. I wasn't going to thrive in investment banking or in consulting um, or in any of the major, major metros that was too large for me. I wanted something smaller. So um, I knew I wanted to be in operations and that's where I went. Yeah. It's so interesting. So you ended up in Boston years later, um, even though you were trying to follow a boy there a few years earlier. Yeah. uh, Funny story. Same boy is who I um, met with when I um, was interviewing for business schools. So my gosh, same boy too. (laughs) 
That is really funny. It's why you always stay friends with people or always are nice to people because you never know when they're going to come back into your life. Exactly. Um, so that's actually sort of an interesting uh, comment that you made that, you know, some of the things that you had been with, you know, McKinsey, Harvard, like these are some really impressive things in your life. Um, and so how do you think through and how do you get the courage to say that was awesome, but I actually don't need to be at those kinds of institutions. I actually think I'll thrive somewhere else. Um, I mean, I think when I was, there's two answers to that. The first answer is where I was at that point in my life, which is, I know this isn't working. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, I was not happy in business school. I just, my I didn't know what to call it then, but yeah. I just like, I was like, this doesn't fit. Uh, later when I made my last jump, I was not running from, but running to. Yes. We talk a lot about that on the podcast is that until you recognize where you want to run to, you'll always keep running from and you can make changes, but you'll never actually change what you need, what the root cause is. Yeah. And to be fair, when I say I didn't want to be at a large institution, I ran from McKinsey and Harvard Business School to Nike in Portland. So we're still not running that far away from big fortune companies. But you know, that's actually an interesting point though, because you know, so much of when I talk to people about their careers, we talk about what kinds of companies you want to go to. And though, you know, scale-wise, headcount-wise, revenue-wise, whatever, Nike is huge, like McKinsey, the culture and what they're doing. I don't mean literally the product, but like as a business, their mission and how they try to run it is very, very different, even though it's a big brand with a lot of people. Yeah, it, it is. And it isn't, it's a more, it was influenced a lot by the Portland area, mm. um, but it's still a giant brand with a lot of internal politics. Mm. So, oh, interesting. Um, but I love Portland and I love being on the West coast, um, for a while. <laughs> So what were you doing at Nike? So I was doing um, various supply chain and operations roles. So um, doing supply chain strategy planning for, mm -hmm. so basically coming up with our three to five year strategic investment portfolio to, okay. to basically move our business forward. I did forecasting and planning for our women's training business. Mm -hmm. um, so um, what, how many sports bras of a certain color were we going to sell to Dick's Sporting Goods and how mm -hmm. many were we going to sell to... Um, to Foot Locker and shoes. So I got to know the women's business pretty well. Um, and then I worked in other supply chain areas within, within the North America geography. Got it. And it's interesting because you mentioned retail and grocery stores as part of your consulting practice. And even though it was, you know, slightly different, some of the same problems sound like they might have overlapped. Oh yeah. Um, definitely some of the same problems. Um, you know, it's, um, supply chains, as many of you feeling right now, you can't get an appliance, you can't get shoes. Um, it's, it's unfortunate, but like in supply chains and operations, a box is a box, a widget is a widget. Now mm -hmm. some widgets are more important than others, but it's, it's pretty similar, especially when you're dealing with the product space. Yeah. No, and I, um, because of what order group does the company I work at, uh, during the day, you know, a lot of times with subscription models, they have to think about inventory a lot, because if I'm supposed to be getting something every 30 days and your inventory is low, you best make sure I still get my thing every 30 days. Cause I'm relying on it. Exactly. Yep. So there's definitely this theme, like you said, in the work that you've, you've been doing, it continues to grow and evolve, but still always sort of in the same vertical, for lack of a better phrase. What, uh, what were you learning at Nike that made you reconsider maybe something's not quite right here? So 
Um, Nike was um, fairly insular, kind of like McKinsey. Um, my friends worked at Nike. My, <laughs> I was at, I was in the, my former boss was a consultant. So, you know, the idea that we would stay at the office until six or seven or eight o'clock at night was not unheard of. And mm-hmm. that you would need to work weekends was not unheard of. And um, so even though I wasn't traveling, I still had no life outside of my job. I didn't have um, friends that didn't work in my company. Um, I was really far away from my family. Um, my health wasn't great. And to be quite honest, I started, you know, having problems with alcohol Mm -hmm. and overeating and, um, numbing myself. Cause I was like very unhappy. Um, so that's well, so there was a break point in, uh, November of 2015, where I had bought my condo. Um, I had changed jobs and this is what they told me when I changed jobs. Um, you're getting a larger increase than normal because, um, no one succeeds in this job. Oh, they they called it combat pay, which is really terrible for our veterans, but, um, that's what they called it. They said it's combat pay. And within a month, uh, I think that that month, um, my, one of the people working for me went out on paternity leave, which is, I'm thankful he was able to do it. Um, but it was a quarter close and, um, we, I had stepped into the role only a few months ago and there was a huge problem that we found. And so I was, I was working all of the time. Mm. And when I wasn't working, I was attached to my email, checking my phone and trying, seeing if I needed to be on call. And I had a breakdown in my boss's office. Like I just started crying multiple days in a row. Um, and I'm like, and it was like a different crying. It was like, something's not right. Something's physically not right. And I needed to stop and re really reevaluate my life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's so scary because I think we are, I don't know if we're taught or we witness, or I'm not sure where it starts for a lot of people, but if I work harder, I'll be more successful. I'll, you know, gain confidence. I'll gain experience, like all these things, but it always comes back to working harder and that's not healthy for us. And yet that's sort of where a lot of us tend to go. Well, and I think it's a, it's a prospect of lazy management. And so I was prepping for meetings on meetings, on meetings, on meetings, because everyone was in meetings on meetings and meetings and meetings. And so they weren't, we weren't focused. We weren't, people weren't paying attention. Mm -hmm. They weren't, they didn't take time for decisions. It was all about racing to the next deliverable. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, that culture where you were on all the time, um, like it physically broke me and it broke me at McKinsey. And it broke me at Nike, but I, I, I learned more about, um, like, this is not okay. And I looked yeah, at my yeah. senior leaders and none of them, you know, they were all man or woman. Um, none of them had two working parents or a single working person. Like they were all either man or woman. All the senior directors had a stay at home partner. Mm, very interesting. Regardless of how they had kids, even the, even the women had stay at home partners. And I'm like, I was single at the time. I'm like, this is not my life. Like, I don't, I don't want, I feel like very like James Vanderbeek and varsity blues. Like I don't want your life. (laughs) Nice. Great call out. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm just going to pause and let everybody go find that clip right now. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Well, and I think that's interesting because you mentioned it. it happened to McKinsey and then it happened at Nike, but you had had enough more years under your belt of, even though the pattern of behavior was the same, you were at least able to recognize, I can't keep doing this to myself. This is not sustainable. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And so where did you just sort of throw your hands in the air and say like, I can't do this. I'm out. I have to go focus on myself. Or did you, were you able to sort of put some sort of plan in place? 
Um, that was, I would say the, the checkpoint to move into a different path. So, um, I did get some help. Um, I got a lot of help after that, but I first started with getting, going to therapist, Mm -hmm. um, just getting, you know, getting some external help. Um, and then things get interesting. (laughs) I took a whole week off of work, which is crazy to say I had to take a whole week off, but that's what I had to do. I wandered around Portland, which is one of the metaphysical capitals of the U S and went to a bookstore, saw an advertisement for a mind, body, and spirit expo. Hmm. I'm like the most traditional corporate girl ever. <laughs> I went to this expo and I saw that um, a local um, holistic nutrition school was in, was in Portland. Hmm. And I said, I think this is a great thing to do to learn more about my body, to learn more about something other than my job. So I signed up for this weekend program to become a certified holistic nutritionist, started getting into, um, the Eastern medicine principles, um, about, you know, how stress impacts your body and how breathing impacts your body and the benefits of food. And then once I was on that path, um, more things in that realm started opening up. Mm -hmm. Um, I decided that I didn't just want to be a holistic nutritionist. I wanted my whole life to change. So I started working with a dating coach. Hmm. I I didn't, I I wanted to date. Yeah. Um, I wasn't dating. And so um, I needed to overcome that. I started uh, going down the path of becoming a life coach myself. Mm -hmm. And then um, I decided to move to Charlotte um, to, to be closer. My family had moved to Charlotte. And right after I finished my holistic nutrition program and right as I was starting my life coach certification program, I had, a, I had a, a knowing that was like, my time in Portland is done. Mm-hmm. I need to meet near my family. This is where I'm going to put down roots. And two months later, I'd gotten a job Wow! and I moved to Charlotte. Oh my gosh. And it's so funny how sometimes things like the minute you start the marble rolling, it just keeps going and going and it turns into a snowball or whatever the right metaphor is. But the minute you push it into play, then everything starts happening. Exactly. Um, I started more reading books on the topic of, I think the first book I started with was, um, you are a badass by Jen Sincero. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, which was, and then you start reading more about that and start getting into these communities. Um, but you know, I worked with a dating coach, which is the same, not the same as working with a career coach, but it kind of is. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I moved to Charlotte, became a life coach, did another life coach training program, worked with that life coach and, uh, three years later, quit my job. Oh my gosh. So that's a great, um, follow-up question is a lot of times people think through, okay, so if I want to do this kind of life change, do I have to leave my day job today while I'm doing the certifications? Can I get something else? Like if I'm unhappy at Nike, for example, do I need to totally put that behind me while I'm trying this new thing? Or how did you sort of balance all of that change? So when I was at Nike and I was in the holistic nutrition program, I um, actually raised my hand at Nike and I said, I need another job. Mm. Um, I, when you're declarative with what you want at a company, if, if, you know, if you're in a small business and there's like five seats, then maybe not so much, but I was clear with what I, I didn't, didn't, didn't want out of a job. And so they mm-hmm. said, you know, we, we want to invest in you. So we, they helped me move. Um, and when I was at Electrolux, which is the last place I was at here in, in Charlotte, um, I, I set boundaries, really yeah. clear boundaries, but I, I knew even when I moved to Charlotte, 
um, you know, don't tell my old company this, but I knew that <laughs> like corporate was not for me long-term. I just needed yeah. to find the right, the right outlet and set myself up financially f- to be able to take a leap and work with a coach to figure out what I would want to do and how I'd want to express my gifts Yes, outside of the corporate environment. And when it became clear that what I wanted to do was, um, fractional consulting and chief of staff work, mm-hmm. um, I've been maintaining a life coaching business on the side. Um, you can't do fractional consulting while you have a day job. Mm, um, yeah. like that, you know, you need to meet with people unless you're chief of staff for people in overseas, which I did try. Mm. And that did not go well with my husband. He's like stopping on the phone at nine o'clock at night. He was very supportive. <laughs> not actually, he was, actually, he was very supportive. Um, but it's just hard on the, it's, yeah. it's hard on your yeah. sleeping body and things like that. So, you know, you don't have to leave, but it, it is important that you have, really good boundaries. Yeah. And, um, you know, be expressing what you need in a job. Yeah, no, I think that's really fair. And it's something that I even tell folks that I work with internally as well is I'd rather have you come to me and talk about what's going wrong or where you're feeling stuck or or whatever's going on, because that's the only way I can even potentially help you. And I may not have the answers and it may mean you can't be here anymore in the sense of like, cause we don't have the right place for you, but let's have the conversation. Um, because if we can do something, I'd much rather try to figure that out than be, than have no idea and just have someone quit in two weeks. Yeah. And you know, when I left my job at recently, I told him last January, we were launching a project. So January, 2020 before COVID, mm-hmm. I said, to my boss, I'm like, I don't want to lead this department when the project's done. Mm. I'm not going to be happy running this department. It's more run the business. I'd like a different opportunity. Mm-hmm. I told them in July that uh, the roles that they're discussing for me aren't, they're too big. They're too big for any human person to do them. <laughs> um, and I wanted, but I think I can add value in these types of roles. I told them that in October and then, the, and I said, I will probably be looking for a new opportunity at the end of Q1. And I turned in my notice like March, like middle of March. Wow. Oh my gosh. Um, well, and we'll to get to that in a second. Cause I think sometimes putting those milestones into place for yourself, um, you can either decide that it is the moment to like say goodbye, but at least you you've put those milestones in for yourself. But I want to go back to something you said, cause it was really beautiful. It was, I, how do I express my gifts? And I think that's something that what people may not know until they've like looked at your website and stuff is that you've brought that life coaching into the fractional work that you do today. Yeah. Um, so can you help talk about like that marriage and how you made that transition and brought those things together? Well, I've been interested in talent development for a, a really long time. Um, and personalities and as, as I sought to seek out who I was in to say, what, what things do I like and don't like in a job, it translated into truly how am I getting sparked? What are my gifts? And um, what, are, what is my zone of genius? Mm. So there's a, there's a book that by Gay Hendricks, um, called the big leap. Yes. And it's talks about your zone of, um, I don't remember the bad one is, but like your zone of like, not good for you zone of competence, zone of excellence and zone of genius. Mm. And, um, certain things that I can, I do, which is seeing the big picture, driving change, activating others visions through mm. operations and strategy planning and project management. That's my gift. Um, I'm not the big dreamer of these brand new ideas. That's just not who I am. Um, and I think if someone gave me a roadmap and said, go execute, I would hate that because that's not, (laughs) that's not fun. Um, but by knowing, by spending some time getting to know me and also to be fair, getting some frameworks from some, some other individuals that I follow in the life coaching space, I became to be able to say, um, 
how do I operate in my zone of genius? How do I operate from my gifts to say, I meant to do something in this world. Um, everyone is here for an essential errand. Mm-hmm. How can we express that errand? And some people are meant to be, um, meant to be visionaries. And some people are meant to be activators and some meant people are meant to be tenacious project closers. Um, and everyone's got a gift. And so from an organizational perspective, how do we, um, find the right roles for the right people, mm-hmm. um, in organizations leading people, um, or how do you create those for yourself? I, I led a team of 25 at, at Electrolux and we, I managed to, I think promote like seven or eight people and reorganize and find new opportunities for people because it was really like, what do you want to do with your life? Yeah. Well, and I think you do that also for the CEO or the COO that you're working with. Like, it's not just about activating their plans and helping them figure that all out. It's also about how to be their true selves. And you talk about like the soulfulness of that in your work. And so I think that's so interesting that you're really taking gifts from all different pieces of your life and bringing it all together in this practice. Yeah, that's, it's a really great way to say it. Like there's the gifts that come from consulting and then there's <laughs> gifts that come from life coaching. And then there's the gifts that come from standing in your gifts mm-hmm. and, and being, and being aware. I think, um, you know, there's, there's excellence and then there's genius. And mm-hmm. I think being able to articulate the difference between the two is what's going to be critical for small businesses as they grow. Yeah. And I think that's such a big need. And, and, um, so I want to talk a little bit more about like how you actually work with businesses. Cause I think that small businesses often don't think about who can I bring in? Cause it's probably too expensive or I need to hire that someone for, for full time, but I'm not ready yet. So how do you sort of identify and work with those businesses that need you in this moment? Yeah. So the businesses that I work with are, um, either at or crossing a million, uh, in revenue have a team of, a few individuals or more up to maybe 150 beyond 150. It's, um, we can, we can work together, but there's different challenges. Mm -hmm. So I really want to focus on these smaller, smaller companies. And we really sit down as the the founder and the leadership team and say, um, what is your life vision? Mm -hmm. Are you trying to grow this business to be an influencer? Are you trying to reach a lot of people? Are you trying to build it profitably to sell or exit for, from a VC perspective? So where, what do you want for the business and what do you want for your life? Um, some people got into this to make it a lifestyle business so they could spend more time with family and friends. Some are looking to make a lot of extra cash to invest in real estate property. So it's really, again, what did they, what did they get out of this business and what are their gifts? Mm-hmm. Um, I work with typically entrepreneurs who their gifts are in having big, bold visions <laughs> and maybe not so much in communicating and delegating and leading a team. which is the amazing part of being an entrepreneur and a founder is that you have these amazing visions. Um, and so let us help you out. Like, let us be the other half to that yin and yang situation. Yeah. So I work with these companies to help take their big vision and where they are today and break it down to the most important few priorities that they need. What are the most important systems that they need to build? What are the most important projects they need to build? how to clearly articulate that to their team, Mm -hmm. uh, because that's where it gets lost in translation a lot. And then how do we put a a cadence together of leading and lagging metrics on both the business and the priorities that they put in place. So that's why I work with with companies on a annual, quarterly, monthly, and weekly cadence to keep them on track with their business metrics, but also their improvement priorities. Yeah. Well, and it's so interesting because obviously it's not physical goods, but 
a lot of that is very similar to the supply chain stuff you were talking about earlier and just the broader operation work that you did earlier in your career. Yeah, it's, it's, that's where I, like when I, you asked what, what did you know what you wanted to do when you grew up? And I said, um, no, but yes, everything I'm doing is like in this vein of operations, but I think where I'm different than, than others. And I think the last six years of my journey has helped me with this is layering in that soul, that spirit, that, um, more existential, um, more existential way to be in the world. Um, because you can push hard and you can hustle or we can take an easier route. Mm -hmm. Um, and entrepreneurship and growing a business is never easy, but it can be easier mm-hmm. by focus, prioritization, clear communication and delegation. Well, and I think that's really important because especially as someone who, you know, you mentioned a couple of times in your career, you got really burnt out or, you know, it was impacting other areas of your life. You're now also starting your own company and being one of those entrepreneurs. How do you continue to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and following the advice you're giving to other people? Um, it's all about walking the talk. Um, I have a, a, an annual weekly, monthly or annual monthly, weekly planner for like, what's most important in my life. I track my time. Um, I track my, um, I have an aura ring that I use to like monitor my sleep and, um, use, you know, track my hydration, um, because you have to fuel yourself first. Um, I have a morning meditation practice and a journaling practice to, fuel to fill up my cup spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about balance. It is not about, you know, like always being in balance, but it's about knowing your true North mm. as a person, as a business owner, and then being bold enough to ask for help and seek out options versus saying, I'm going to gut it out and grind through it. Cause a lot of the gutting it out and grinding through it comes from a place of fear mm. of, I fear I can't afford this. I fear I'm going to, I can't let these clients go versus a space of abundance of, I may need to drop some things to leave some space for the next new thing to come into my life. Yes. Yeah. And I think especially when folks are making a career change or starting their own business or trying something new, they feel like the more they put into it, the more they will get out of it. And that's not always the case. No, no, it's, I'm very much of the Pareto principle. 20% of the things give you 80% of the effort Mm -hmm. and uh, progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. So how can you, um, minimal viable product, a lot of the things you're working on. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I think too, you know, so we've talked about a lot of different, uh, pieces of advice. And as you've grown your career and navigated through it, obviously you've dropped little nuggets here and there. Um, but as you think back to your career, or if you were talking to someone who's thinking about, you know, making a career change, starting their own business, however that looks for them, What's a, what's sort of one headline that you want to make sure people walk away with, or what's one thing they can do tomorrow to start doing this? One thing, I think the most impactful thing for me was actually working with a coach, Mm. um, because we can't see our own limiting beliefs. Yeah. Um, you know, when we, I remember with one of my coaches, um, I didn't want to be in corporate. Um, and yet I needed to take an hour out of my day to go meet with someone in, um, you know, like, cause I, I wait with a potential client and mm-hmm. I was like, well, I can't leave my job. I can't now I'm a little reckless. Um, but my coach is like, how are you ever going to like 
have the guts to do something different with your life. If you are still leaning into the places you don't want to be. Mm. Um, now that's not the advice that everyone needs to hear, but, um, I don't think I would have learned as much if I didn't have, um, someone else to mirror my greatness and my gifts back to me, but also mirror the beliefs that I needed to deal with back to yeah. me. And then I think the, the second part is, um, really creating space to think mm, and feel and breathe. Um, if you're always consuming noise, um, every moment of every day, you're never untied to your computer and your phone and you don't ever hear you. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, um, it's so interesting. You brought that up because literally this month, so every month I have a, a theme or I try to do something different to sort of what I think is going to improve my lifestyle. And so June is no news June. So over the last several years, I had the news on all the time. And cause I thought I needed to be updated on something and, or I thought the world was in a place where I was worried about it. So I, I don't know, the news was going to tell me something, I, who knows, but I had CNN on like all the time and it, it turned into such noise and it was so distracting in my head. And I saw it change my energy. Cause I'd be you know, that stupid politician did this or, oh my gosh, like we still can't fix this in the world. Why do I need that? I mean, not that I should ignore it. I should, if, if it's important to me, I should have activism and and all that in my life, but literally hearing talking heads talking about it all the time is not necessary. And so I started listening to podcasts in the morning. I now listen to music or sports games, uh, the teams I like while I'm cooking dinner. And I feel like a huge weight is gone. And I had no idea because I'm creating that space for quiet. Now, it's quote unquote noise because I'm listening to a podcast or something, but it's not mental noise. Yeah. And, and I go even a step further. Um, so one of my clients I'm currently working with, she would get up and start checking Slack and email. I said, no, don't do that. Like get up, breathe, have some coffee, do your most important work for the day or identify what your most important task is for the day and then get in the hive mind. Yeah. Yeah. But take, take some time, take some time to like connect with yourself, connect with your body, connect with your breath. Um, and see and listen. And that's really creating those space. Now I couldn't have created the space without having someone shake where I was in my life. I didn't, I had someone had to shake me and say, create the space. (laughs) It goes back to this sort of objective person in your life to sometimes you have to have someone tell you that. Exactly. Um, Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing your journey, your learnings and bumps along the way and, and how you've gotten to a place where it really does feel like, um, even just watching you, I know people are only hearing this, but watching you tell your story in the moments of those high energy, your whole body changes, your face lights up. So it's so amazing when that happens for someone. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. How can people connect with you and learn more about you or even follow up with questions if they have them? Yeah, they can connect with me um, on my website, uh, jessicalackey.com or on Instagram or LinkedIn. Uh, Instagram is jessicalackey underscore consulting. Excellent. And we'll have all those links uh, in the episode notes as well. Well, thank you again for joining us. It was so great to hear your story and so great just to chat a little bit more as well. It was great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Shine at Work podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Leaving a review just takes a few minutes and truly helps other people find the podcast. If you want to learn more about how I work with people to help them transform their careers and shine brightly in their lives, 
please visit karendweeks.com and follow us on Instagram at kdwcoaching underscore careers or join our Facebook group with the same name. And thank you as always to Astronaut Go Home for our music. Until next time, remember that you can and deserve to shine at work.